So welcome to Black and Behavior, y'all. I am your moderator, Nicole Robinson, and we've got also Jeremy and Sharon. They can't see you wave. (laughs) 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 Say hello. Hello, guys. Welcome to Black and Behavior. All right. Um, so, uh, Sharon, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm doing okay. And uh, Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. You know, life is good. We're trucking along, um, moving through this pandemic as good as we can. Yes, <laughs> so. I um I got a gig with a uh, dark horse, which is like I want to say like the third most influential comic book company, and I'm pretty excited about that. I, you should be congrats. That's major. Uh, dark horse is a uh, local to um Clackamas over in the Portland area, so like it's like the local comic book company one of them portland is a really big comics town so i'm like that's great thank you i'm I'm really excited shout out to the black people that are into comics yeah shout out to the black nerds out here (laughs) oh i can i also talk about what i'm going to be doing Of of course okay so this might turn into an event hopefully not but um I they they contacted me for sensitivity reading, which is great. I'm fully qualified to do sensitivity reading. I'm going to let you know what that is. Um, so sensitivity reading is when you contact somebody who is not like you to give feedback on the fiction that you're writing. So like, let's say I wanted to, which I am, I, I want to make a webcomic with an Indian person as a protagonist, but I don't know anything about the Indian experience. So I would go find an Indian person and pay them to let me ask them questions and give me emotional labor and to teach me things and that I don't know. Like, let's say Google isn't telling me something about somebody's experience. Um, I w- So like, I have this working relationship with this Indian woman and she answers all of my stupid questions and um, lets me know how to... Uh, uh, let's me know how to make to, to give good representation for her community. And um, that's what Dark Horse is doing with me. They have an all white team and they want to have a black protagonist and they contacted me out of all people to wow. um, to give feedback and to answer their questions and they're paying me to help them make this a good comic with good representation because they care about that. So um, that's what I'm going to be doing. Wish me luck. I, how absolutely um, necessary though, like like on a larger scale, how necessary is that? You know what I'm saying? That is, that is absolutely needed. Um, I mean, look at advertisements and marketing for all these different companies out here. Uh, personally, if I don't see myself, if I'm looking for a product that I want to use and I don't see myself in your marketing, mm-hmm. I assume that that product is not for me. So exactly. that's that's absolutely needed. 
Yeah. Sometimes I look at a commercial and I'm just kind of like, oof, there are no black people in that marketing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whose idea yes. was this? I'm not impressed. Yes. <laughs> super super crunchy stuff comes across the TV all the time. And I'm just like, if y'all had a black person on the team, it wouldn't have ended like this. This would not or be the even result. worse. Maybe they do have black people on the team, but they don't listen to them. Right. That part. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on with me. Um, I wish me luck. I've got two sensitivity reading gigs. I've got to get some reading to, to some scripts and to hurting some feelings. That's what I'm going to be doing. This week. <laughs> Congratulations. You definitely have to keep us updated. Thank you. I will. Okay. So um, I want to get us started off by um, introducing the decolonization segment that we are forming. Um, uh, We want to take a couple minutes out each podcast to talk about um, decolonization, how important it is, and maybe a specific subject or topic where we will... um, you know, maybe be talking about something actionable or just, you know, some thoughts that we had. And um, Jeremy, did you want to talk about anything in that area today? Sure. So um, the decolonization segment is going to be my little baby. Um, And in today's decolonization segment, I just want to point out that in this podcast in particular, we will be discussing our experiences. Um, And in a field where we are data-driven, I think that sometimes we get caught up in the numbers. And sometimes those numbers are not realistic to us talking about our experiences. So there will be times that we throw out an experience and someone may say, where's the proof? Where's the data? Where are the articles? Um, And the truth may be that there isn't any. That does not make the experience invalid. Um, It still is our truth and we will walk in it. So just want to, you know, put it out there that everything is not about numbers. Sometimes it's just about closing your mouth and listening. Exactly. I also find that a lot of people will ask for the numbers in order to dismiss your personal experience. Yes. So I, I really glad that you mentioned that. Yes. So I guess our decolonization segment for today is we will hear none of that. We're just going to talk yeah. about our experience. And, and, you know, not everything has been researched. Not everything has been funded to do the research. Not mm-hmm. everybody cares about the research of inclusion or the research mm-hmm. of you know, this and that. So, yeah, we are going to be talking about experiences. Please don't dismiss them. We won't have it. No. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. All right. So continuing on, we wanted to talk about the BCBA statements that came out about a year ago for around um, the uh, the George Floyd murder, (laughs) which is a very stark change in um, mood. But um, uh, Sharon, will you spearhead that? Um, yeah, so uh, the BACB released a statement, um, and I actually can read the statements pretty short if you guys are okay yes, with please. that. Um, let me just pull that up really quickly. All right, so I have it right here. Um, 
Okay, so the tragic events over the past week and ongoing social injustices in the U.S. are a stark reminder of the systemic racism in our country. We stand in solidarity with our Black colleagues, certificates, clients, and the entire Black community in condemning all acts of racism, discrimination, and senseless acts of violence. The BACB is committed to diversity and equality and places the highest value on inclusivity in all environments, including professional settings, universities, and the community at large. Although the BACB as the Profession Certification Board cannot speak for or represent our discipline as a whole, our professional associations can and do. Thus, we commend the APBA and ABAI and others for the recent detailed position statements condemning social injustices and reaffirming our discipline's commitment to inclusivity and mutual respect for all people. So a pretty short statement there. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the statement? Before um, we get too into thoughts, I wanted to let all of the listeners know that this is from a year ago around the George Floyd death. So um, this is not a recent statement from the um, from that. Yes. uh, Nine months ago. That. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let me just say that. Firstly, um, again, the statement was released nine months ago. Um, I think that is it's significant to point out that the statement was released well after several other organizations um, and companies released their statements. Um, There was actually a petition by BCBAs for the BACB to release a statement. And I mean, that's super problematic in my eyes. Um, I want to see the action. I know a lot of the times that people say actions are louder than words, and most of the time they are, but I do think that we need both. We need the words and we need the actions. We've yet to see the actions, in my opinion. Um, And I think that actions look like more people of color in your leadership. Actions look like doing things like adding diversity training as a requirement for you to become a BCBA. Um, I don't even think that diversity training is a part of becoming an RBT. Um, I may be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. But those are the things that I would like to see to feel like, okay, you're hearing me. You understand that I'm dealing with things just by existing in this country. You acknowledge them and you want to do something about it. That's how you convince me that you actually care and that you're actually going to do and and make change on something so significant to me as a black person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the statement. Um, like you said, Jeremy, it's one thing to say you denounce racism, but I want to know what actions are you actually doing? Because you can say this and that, but I want to see you actually putting things in action. Right. Um, so I and other people can feel supported. Um And also, too, I'm not exactly sure if like training on this issue is required to become a BCBA or I'm not a BCBA, but an RBT. I want to say no, but um, I could definitely look into that more. I do know that the like ethics code mentions it and is under uh, professional and scientific relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a really short section of like as a BCBA, you cannot discriminate people based on race and socioeconomic status. Um, but that's it. 
So in my opinion, they need to do more, especially with the statistics that they put out, right? Where there's only like 3% of BCBAs are black. So uh, that's a really big difference compared to like the 70% that is white. So knowing that, what are they doing? Are they not concerned about that? Are they not like wondering, okay, why is there such a significant difference? So I agree with you that actions need to be made and they need to do more. I'm going to say it. I want to see some grants. I want to, I want them to uh, put out some grants specifically for people of color to help, um, to help fix the disparages in the, uh, in the lack of representation, racial representation for uh, BCBAs and other leadership in, in uh, not only Kate, but mostly just in ABA in general. I want to see far more grants. Um, I, I know that in Katie, we have a um, college repayment program for everybody who wants to do college. But like, I feel like not only Katie, but everyone in general could be a little bit more um, excited. I, I don't want to say aggressive, but a little bit more excited and helpful to get people in to, to get people of color into college, to get them into behavior, because um, there's a need, there's a definite need. And they're like, we, we can do, we can do this. I think, I think that Absolutely. that is an actionable thing that could happen. And it would be really cool if it did. Definitely. So shout mm-hmm. out to, um, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, what this looks like on a education level, Nikki. Shout out to Larry Aldridge. He is a Cadian RBT who is spearheading. Um, I hope I'm not like saying something I'm not supposed to be saying as far as like timeframes, but spearheading a project where he is wanting to go into colleges um, and just talk to them, introduce them to the field of ABA, recruit um, and let them know that we exist because there are a lot of people who don't know, a lot of Black people who don't know that this field exists. Um mm. And so it it is our job as a part of as people a part of this field to spread the gospel, if you will, of ABA. And yep. So, you know, kudos to him for taking steps to, you know, making that happen. Oh, my gosh. I would love to get I would love to get into the community more. Um, I had worked before being coming to ABA. I had worked in child care for 10 years, wow. 10 years. And I still had not heard about ABA. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. How do you work in child care for 10 years and never even hear about ABA? Yeah. So um, I, I feel like we could be just in the community more. We could... Um, like go to daycares, in-home centers, and give them free posters. Mm-hmm. Just be like, does your child have any of these kinds of behaviors? Maybe that is grounds for like taking them to a doctor. You know, I know that like it is. It, it's it's worth at least talking to a doctor, thinking about it, putting that idea in somebody's head. If you know if their child is exhibiting behaviors, you know, typical of autism and might need um, early intervention, but like, how are they going to know that there is even help out there if they don't know about mm-hmm. it? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. I I 
I'm really excited about more community involvement. Don't like, yeah, I, I want to, I want to do that. Definitely. I have lots of ideas. (laughs) So let's, let's see about that. Yeah. Let's get on it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. So, um, as for the B as, as for the statement, that uh, Sharon read. I am happy that it happened because it didn't have to. They could have gone ahead and been like, you know what? We're not going to get involved in politics. And let me tell you, I feel some type of way about my life, whether I'm alive or not, being a social issue. Um, It feels like so much more than a social issue. I hate Mm. I hate whenever I feel like my entire being is in danger because of the melanin in my skin. And they're like, we don't want to talk politics. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to go out into the street and get attacked. What do you mean? Don't talk politics. So I know. Yeah. Like, keep that in mind that this is in my mind when I say this, but like, they didn't have to talk politics at all. Um, they they could have been like, well, there's all sorts of people in ABA and we don't want to step on any toes. We want to like not rub anybody the wrong way. I'm happy that the statement even happened, um, which is, you know, it's, it's where the bar is. The bar is low <laughs> when it comes to giant companies um, speaking out on social issues or politics. So granted, I'm happy that it happened and I'm sad that it happened so... Um, like so distantly after the murder of George Floyd and, but like a little bit closer to the height of the uh, black lives movement last year. I also want to mention that black lives matter has existed far before George Floyd Um, years. Black lives matter has existed for years and years and years. Um, It it, it has been around for years. Um, You have only heard about hashtag Black Lives Matter or the organization or what they stood for last year. Um, It's unfortunate because we've been around for a very long time. Um, Yeah. So I I feel like I'm making a lot of tangents, but I feel all of my tangents are really important. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, As far as the statement, though, I'm not going to give too much praise to something that I consider is like the bare minimum, just acknowledging that there's an issue. So, yeah, it's good that they made a statement, but Mm -hmm. I'm expecting more. And, um, yeah, they could have totally said, like, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but people need to understand that politics is is a part of like our everyday lives. It makes decisions that um, it makes decisions for us basically. So to say like, I don't want to get involved in politics. That person has to realize like, that's, you have a really big privilege, like lucky you that you could just like tune out, but that's not the reality for us. So, you know, yeah. yeah, I have to I have to agree with you on that one, Sharon. And and again, this statement was released after being petitioned, yeah. you know, by BCBAs for you to release it. So, I mean, I think that had that petition not happened, we would have never heard anything from our credentialing body. That is problematic. That is super problematic because you're telling me you you can say all day that you believe in diversity, but you're telling me in the same breath that you don't care about my safety. That's a problem for me. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I if it's the same petition that you looked at, but I did see one today that has like basically 5000 signatures and they're asking for the BC. BACB to denounce racism and police brutality. So I'm wondering if anything's going to come out of that. Hopefully they put something more out there. 
We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, I, I I don't mean to like like uh, undermine anybody. That was just like a, a, a thought I had. Oh, yeah. oh no, your thought is absolutely valid. Don't don't get us wrong. It's it's Remember absolutely valid. We wanted to hear it. Um, just kind of a rebut, you know, to what you were saying. But please don't mm-hmm. ever feel like you can't. A little bit more stay. apologetic than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so that is good for the. Um, is it the BCAB or B BACB? BACB. That's the statement for the BACB. Does anybody know if they've put anything out more recently? Any I don't think so. I checked today. Well, I checked as well, um, and I I hadn't seen anything since. Uh huh. I haven't either. Oof. Oof. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing, Riley. All right. So um, let's get into the meat of what we wanted to talk about today. We wanted to talk about colorism in ABA, which is a very big topic. If we wanted to talk about colorism, we could easily do like a five part series on it. Um, We wanted to talk a little bit about colorism for the rest of um, this podcast today. So let's get to it. Um, I will have Sharon start. Okay, like you said, this is a really broad topic and we could have like five (laughs) hours That wouldn't even be enough, but um, (laughs) I'm just going to start off and say, like, as a light-skinned, lighter-skinned person, uh, I have to recognize my privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, I recognize that I do not experience the same barriers, uh, experience less barriers. Um, So I think that's really important for for me to to acknowledge that... um, you know, I'm not going to have the same experiences. Um, but as far as like tying that into ABA, I have been thinking recently about how colorism has played a role in where I am today. Um, you know, as we know, with ABA in general, there isn't a whole lot of representation. And I, I'm a supervisor, I'm a BCBA. And I feel alone. I don't really, I don't, have any other colleagues of color and so for me I'm trying to aren't you in California I'm a California girl I'm in Sacramento okay Sacramento (laughs) is extremely diverse I I love living here and that's part of the reason why I I live here because we we have everyone and it's beautiful but as far as this field um I I'm the token brown person here okay and I've, I've been that way my whole entire life, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether it's in groups of friends. So, yeah, basically my point is, is that uh, there's definitely a privilege in being uh, lighter skinned. And um, just like one quick story, 
this happened like a couple years ago. I was supervising a case and I had a new hire and she has darker skin. And after the session, we were walking to our cars and she was like, you know, this is such a great case. Like, I'm so excited. I actually feel wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wanted? What do you, what do you mean by that? And she was like, well, you know, I was taken off another case because I had issues with the parent. And she's like, honestly, one of my concerns is that whenever I start a new case, I always think about, is the family going to be okay that I'm black? Mm -hmm. Are they aware that I'm black? Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I personally, that's never been part of my thought process. I, whenever I start a new case or I have a new client, I never think, are they going to be surprised that I'm a person of color. So that's a privilege that I have because one last thing, as I'm sure other mixed people can relate, when people meet us and they talk to us, we're we're treated like a novelty of like, oh, what are you? Like, it's almost uh, an excitement, right? And that's definitely not the experience that she had. So uh, it made me really sad. So if you care to share, Sharon, what what is your ethnicity? So I am Korean and black. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. For the listeners who can't see my face right now, I'm just quietly mortified that she is the token in California, which in my mind, I'm like from the Northwest. So I'm thinking, oh, California has got all that good diversity, (laughs) you know. But in this field, not so much. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very interesting to to hear that you have never experienced that, Sharon. Um, I, I'm i over in Atlanta and Atlanta mm-hmm. is blackity, blackity, black. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it for that. Oh, yeah. um, there is an energy here of blackness that you do not experience anywhere else. And that is one of the things that has kept me in Atlanta um, for the several times that I've tried to escape. <laughs> so um, for me, my experience has been quite the opposite. My experience is much like the young lady that you just, you know, you just mentioned. I do worry, um, you know, as I was assigned to cases that it would be an issue that I walk into these people's home as a black man with a beard, a big beard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, with my big nose and my big lips, you know what I mean? Those, those, those are things that you think about in the back of your mind because, our daily experience has told us, has shown us, has illustrated that people are scared mm-hmm. of just of just me having a beard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I can recall several years ago, um, my mom, who is the absolute sweetest woman on this planet, um, saying to me, uh, I had a job interview and she said, son, you might want to cut your beard down just a little bit. And I had to realize, because as much as her saying that hurt me, I had to realize she is coming from a complete place of, I am your mother and I want to protect you. (laughs) You know what I mean? But as a young Black man who is out here trying to take on the world, at least that's how I felt back then, um, I I had the mindset of, oh, people are just going to accept me as as I am, and if they don't like it, they don't like it, and that's just what it's going to be. But I also had to learn in my and through my experiences, I've learned that there are times where I have had to shave my beard down a little bit. There are times where I have had to 
take my earrings out, you know, just just small, minute things um, that other races don't have to think about. If I can give give one more story just really quick. um, This story actually happened very recently this week. Um, I was in a classroom and one of the kids had on a baseball cap. The baseball cap just so happened to be kind of turned to the side. Um, and one of the teachers said, oh, look at him looking like little thug. Very, in- very innocently, Ooh. very yeah. innocently. And I've to me, it was the ultimate cringe moment because I'm always like, Jeremy, how you react to this is going to completely set the tone right. for the rest of your visit in this classroom. So I have to like police my feelings because I don't want I don't want them to be alarmed. I don't want them to feel like, oh, he's offended. You know what I mean? Like I I have to play it cool, even though inside I may be fuming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the types of things that I as a black person, as a darker hued black person, um, have to think about and consider in my daily navigation of the ABA world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand what, you know, the young lady that you mentioned goes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you finished? I am. All right. So um, I do have a couple of anecdotes myself. Um, I want y'all to know that I am on the I'm more lighter skinned, but um, I, yeah, I I do consider myself having a lot of what I like to call light privilege. Um, And it, it has served me well. I have a lot of privilege that other black people don't have. And I will tell that to anybody. So also um, on the flip side, if there are any white people out here that are struggling to say that they um, don't have privilege please you do like as a lighter skinned black person i will be the first to tell you that i have more privilege than darker skinned black people and um we need to show up for darker skinned black people yeah Yeah, we got to show up for them we got to defend them we got to listen to them and we need to advocate for them and make sure that they're doing okay check in on them make sure that you know they're they're doing all right because they do have to think about more things than people who are lighter or people of other races need to think about and they 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 may need more check-ins than other people do um so like my sister she's just a couple shades darker than me but like her world is completely different nobody tells her you know good morning or welcome to the store nobody holds doors open for her um nobody runs jogs past her just like happy tuesday as a matter of fact um somebody might even cross the street so that they don't have to walk past her and like Imagine that happening your whole life uh, to the point where you don't even know that somebody might jog past you and say, happy Tuesday, or you look great today. Um, Like the world is completely different for you, at least in the U.S., depending on what kind of skin you have. And I do my best to uh, show up for everybody, not just people who are darker than me. If I see an injustice anywhere, I will try to call it out 
I will try to check in with that person, but like more so for the, the people of color in my life and more so than that for the darker people that I know. And, um, I know you said that you ran across somebody saying, Oh, look, he's such a little, uh, thug, right? I, I ran across that too, where it was, um, uh, hanging out with a little kid with cornrows and then somebody walks past just like, oh, look, he looks like such a little gangster. And I'm just like, why yeah. would you say that to a toddler? Why would you say that about a toddler? And why would you not even understand that that is an issue? And for them, they just don't even think about it. It's just, it's features. It's not behavior it's features and because of features you know bringing this back to aba a little bit because of features it's so easy for little kids to get demonized not because of the way they act but because of the way they look and it is so easier for like the darker you are for you to go longer um, without a diagnosis to be dismissed as a bad apple to be dismissed as that little thug or that little gangster which is not real of course it's not real Mm -hmm. it's absolutely not real i mean like every kid gets into a little mischief but like that is not we are not more predisposed to that at all whatsoever and um i i wish yeah it's it's frustrating (laughs) but um if if any of you are listening, do not call any children little gangsters or little thugs, especially little children of color. Let me find you saying something like that. Please just don't. <laughs> I mean, because and at the bottom line is even outside of it just being offensive to black people. Right. It's mm-hmm. not appropriate in a work environment. Like, how is that ever appropriate for you to say in a work environment? So at the very least, you could recognize that it's unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You know, to say something like that. So, um, colorism and professional spaces. This is not even talking about like employees or BCBAs. This is just talking about clients. Um, it, it could lead to clients getting demonized and going longer without getting diagnosed. And it could lead to kids who are darker skinned getting less and less chances of getting early um, intervention, which is, of course, we know a great thing. Early intervention is great. And um, Sharon, did you want to talk about stimuli? Uh, yes. So, um, as a BCBA, uh, I'm responsible for creating stimuli for my clients. And for me, I'm very intentional about how I make it. And I try to make it as diverse as possible, especially if I have a client of color. However, if I were to get stimuli from like a bank, um, I'm going to see mostly stimuli of white people. And um, I don't think that a lot of us supervisors even like realize it. We're so like on the go, like, okay, I'm going to print this out and laminate it and and here you go. And we don't think too much about it. But even just for that client of color, seeing like, you know, community helpers all being white, uh, that's problematic right? Because we, we need that representation. And what are we, what are we subliminally, subliminally telling our clients, like, only these community helpers can be, you know, white. So um, it's an issue. And I think it's definitely something that we need to be more mindful of. 
Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love sharing that you brought this up um, when we discussed it previously, because the significance of this, the gravity of it is so immense. Yes. The difference that it could possibly make in a little kid's life to see a community helper that looks like them is enormous. Definitely. You know what I mean? So I, I, we we just so happen to have um, the luxury here at Cadian of having a materials department yes. um, who makes, you know, stimuli for us. Um, and again, like this is, this is not placing blame on anyone because I know, you know, Black BCBAs that don't particularly use or not, or, or are not as intentional about using stimuli that looks like their clients. And I completely do not believe that it's purposeful, right. but because this is what we have been used to forever, <laughs> you know yep. what I'm saying? We just don't think about it. But I think that this is definitely, um, I guess I am kind of calling Katie out, Katie and out a little bit. This is an opportunity for us to make that a habit. You know, make sure that when we are um, sending in our requests to, um, you know, the materials department, mention that your client happens to be a person of color. Can I get uh, some stimuli that is darker hued? You know what I mean? It, I really feel like it will make a world of difference. Yeah, I think that's an amazing idea. Um, and I'll definitely make sure to like put that note in that this is for a client of color. So I'm looking to have more diverse stimuli. Um, That's a really good suggestion. On the flip side, um, I think that it should just all be diverse. Um, Even if uh, even white clients need to see um, people of color in their stimuli. I I need white people to understand when a dark skinned black person is feeling sad or happy or riding a bike or seeing them represented um, working in the community, um, especially white kids who don't have, who live in an area where they don't have access to like people of color. They need to see that. They need to know the emotions and the value of people that don't look like them. So like just mix it all up for all of the kids because it needs to be generalize across races for everybody absolutely um yeah let's uh let's let's be responsible about this if you're listening to this podcast look at the stimuli that you are using and make sure that it is you know depending on the stimuli multiracial um especially if it's something like emotions we we want to make sure that kids care about other races and their emotions and start growing empathy for everybody. (laughs) That's part of the problem with America right now is we don't have enough empathy as a people here. So let's, uh, let's do all of that. So this is just like, um, any, any final thoughts for uh, colorism and stimuli? Um, We can lay it on down. Yeah. So yeah, we we definitely want to make sure that if if you are listening and you are at all in charge of stimuli or you have kiddos who are, you know, kiddos and B, BTs and whatnot doing that kind of thing, take a look at it, take some responsibility and make sure that you are generalizing across races and even more than that, abilities and um, 
you know, using all sorts of different kinds of pronouns and, you know, stuff like that. It's, um, it's just, it's just good. It's just good to have good representation in general. I love it. It's, it's beautiful. The, the community and everybody out here, all of the people of the world are just so beautiful to me. So <laughs> I, I, let's, let's definitely do that. All right. So, um, Let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, feedback and reception of the podcast that we've had so far. We've done um, one podcast and we put out a survey and in that survey we got um, feedback on what people liked and I think, I don't think we got any negative feedback yet, have we? No. I haven't seen anything bad. We also got feedback on the name. Um, mm-hmm. which is why we have, are now blessed to be calling ourselves Black in Behavior. Yes. Mm-hmm. Throw that out there again. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, all of the feedback that I have gotten has been very positive. I even got a shout out um, in my region's team meeting about the podcast. They're excited about it. I got private messages about the podcast. People want to hear what we are talking about. And that makes me super excited that I'm not just on here running my mouth. (laughs) People actually want to hear and listen. So I am super excited to, again, be a part of this. Um, I'm super excited to share this platform with you two lovely women, lovely Black women, Mm-hmm. Um, who are sharing, you know, your experiences. And I think that it does need to be heard. I think that it's going to do a lot of good um, for the company as a whole and beyond. Yeah, it's going to be so great. And um, yeah, not only are we talking about our experiences, but we're talking about actionable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um gentle recap actionable stuff don't call children thugs or gangsters just because they have cornrows or are wearing their hat a certain way (laughs) make sure your stimuli is diverse and generalized so that you know you know it's I'm, i'm so excited to like not only be talking about our experiences, but actionable stuff that people can do to make their immediate experiences and the, the lives of their clients and their client families better today. That's, that's my favorite part. I think. Um, Because people, people, allies, especially um, quite often will say things like, what can we do to help? They, right. they want us to teach them, which is a whole other conversation. Yes. And if we can get into that another time. Um, <laughs> but here you are. Here are some gems and some gifts for you that you can do to make yourself better as an ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say for me, overall, the feedback has been really great. Everyone's been really supportive. And like you said, Jeremy, they really do want to hear what we have to say. And it's just been really nice. Like even friends and family that don't work with the company, they've listened. They've even like reposted it. And it's been really nice because I, like I mentioned last time, I was a little worried about the reception. So I'm glad that everyone enjoys it. And I'm excited. Yeah, I was worried about the reception too, um, but like it, it seems to have been good. So if you're listening and you want to reach out to us, please actually do reach out to us. We love hearing your feedback. We love hearing about topics that you want to hear about. Um, the topic of colorism that we spoke about today was Melissa. Um, thank yeah. you. 
for that suggestion. Yeah. We will probably be talking about colorism a lot because there's a lot to say about it. Um, but uh, shout out to uh, Melissa for opening up that uh, point of contact. Yes, and we do have an email address now, right? Oh, yes. Please, yes. Please. Right. <laughs> uh, Black at Cadient. Is yes. that it? I believe so. We'll yep, follow that is it. That. Yeah, definitely email us feedback and any suggestions. Black okay, yeah. behavior at Cadian.com. That's all spelled out, I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. All right. Yes. Oh, thank you. That's what I was trying to do. So yeah, blackinbehavior at katiehint.com. So that's um, if you would like to be a guest, if you have suggestions, if you have feedback, all of that can be sent to blackinbehavior at katiehint.com. If you want to tell me that my voice sounds nice, all of that, all of that. Yes. Send it to black. <laughs> Your voice sounds so nice, Jeremy. That was great. And I wanted to ask you too, I want to bring back the beard. What made you keep it? Um, honestly, I am a bit of, I like to start trouble a little bit. If I can be absolutely honest, if I can be vulnerable for a moment, I I like to have, I like to start trouble. <laughs> so it's, it's a conversation. It's no, it, no, really it's a conversation starter. It's an opportunity to educate someone. It's an opportunity to have them introspect within themselves. Why does this bother you? It's hair. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, like, and also I've just gotten to a point in my life where I really don't care what people think of my aesthetic because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have an issue with it, that's your issue, not mine. So yeah, backtracking a little bit, isn't it wild how just having hair the way mm-hmm. that any other human might could be seen as militant? Exactly. Upsetting. Exactly. Isn't that just heinous? Yeah. That but would again, that's a, that's a conversation for a whole other podcast. Whole other <laughs> so, one about it. Yeah. Get there. Having okay for the listeners, having hair the way it naturally grows out of your face or scalp, not militant at all. And uh, black people, not unprofessional, not militant. Right. Black and people, that, especially yeah. black masks, are entitled to hair and as much of it as they want. So if you are uncomfortable seeing black people with hair, <laughs> ask yourself why and um, and sit in that for a bit. Love you. <laughs> 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 yes. And also it's clean. Let me throw that out there. So. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the people that we're going to have guest guest speaking in our next podcast next month. We're going to be having uh, Shauna Ralph from California and Kia Jackson, who is also in California. Georgia. Georgia. Okay, so Shauna Ralph from Cali and Kia Jackson from Georgia are going to be with us next next month for our episode three of Black and Behavior, and um, it's it's I'm so excited. It's me too. I, I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but <laughs> it's it'll, be nice, it'll be nice to have some some ATL love up in here, y'all y'all over there yeah. in, in Cali and in, in Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, I get some some of my folks to represent for the ATL side for the East Coast. <laughs> to see more of that too but yeah so um we are wrapping up is there any last thoughts before we um head out for the day um just again thank you guys for listening 
um, you know, to our experiences and our stories. Thank you for coming back to our second episode. Hopefully you'll come back for the third. Um, I can't say enough and I'll probably say it a thousand times more how excited I am to be a part of this and keep listening. Yeah, please tune in next month. Hopefully we've hooked you thus far. And um, I I also hope that you're enjoying our really jazzy intro and outros and our music. Um, Jeremy, do you want to talk about that for a second? Absolutely. So shout out to my friend, Jimmy. Um, He is a DJ and an upcoming artist here in in the Atlanta area. If anyone needs those kinds of services, if you need music, if you need DJ services, he's also a photographer he also does graphics he does pretty much everything um send a message to black and behavior um and we will get you guys hooked up um i was really really happy to give him the opportunity he's a young guy um you know coming up in the world and just really excited to give him the opportunity to be a part of this um in a way that showcases his talent and so yeah yeah he came to us just kind of like what kind of music are you looking for and i'm just like i sent like a little clip from like what what was it what was the music that i sent um yeah anyway i sent something like something like this and then sharon was just like i like hip-hop and i'm like i like jazz and like this 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 young guy came up with something perfect i love it so much in my my ringtone (laughs) he's super talented super talented so proud of him anyway so yes um i hope you enjoy our amazing beautiful outro and um again thank you so much for listening to us i'll see you next time Bye. 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 Bye.